It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Chad on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. Great talk. Juicy rumors. And happy Reckless Speculation Thursday on a Friday here as we change up your schedule on Mackie and Judd. I'm sure just throwing everyone for a loop. You guys are doing Feedback Friday on a Thursday, Reckless Speculation Thursday on a Friday, which means we bring our friend Darren Reckless Speculation. Doogie Wolfson in from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department. He walks up the steps, walks into the SCORE studios with his 1500 ESPN old school polo. You, I think, among all of my media friends, Doogie, will milk a station-issued uh, piece of apparel longer. <laughs> you still wear Vikings Radio Network quarter zips from like 18 years ago. Props to you, man. Well, I appreciate that. I have a Born Ultimatum t-shirt from the old station. So what year did that movie debut? It's like 02? 02. I still wear that t-shirt. Which one? No joke. Wow. Or Ultimatum. Ultimatum been. I'm that admitting that, later. right? I shouldn't admit that. My no. wife gives me grief on a daily basis just seeing that shirt in my in my drawer. But yes, I love that particular shirt. I love that Why particular she throw brand. it away? Oh, she's been tempted to tell Laura to throw me. it away. That's what Dawn does. She'll just throw my shirts, and it's like, oh, that's gone now. Yeah. She would See, rather we have, avoid we have, World we have, War Three. But trust me, she has thought about that. But she knows how I would react. Like I just don't go clothes shopping enough. I'll go buy a new suit for TV sake. You know, every six months or so. But outside of that, Ooh. like she has demanded. She's like, please go shopping. Here's a thousand dollars. Go do something with it. Go work <laughs> on your wardrobe. And I fail miserably in that regard. Because I fall Amazing. in love. Like this shirt, I don't know what brand it is, but like this it's particular shirt, it is Pretty super comfortable. Yes. Great shirt. I think it's it's, a, it's I think it's like ninety percent polyester. It's a, it's a blend of some kind. Yeah. Very comfortable. Nice. Anyhow. Uh, let's start with Vikings here. So inside information about your favorite local sports teams. That's what we're all about here on, uh, on scoop Thursdays and Fridays. So what, uh, what are you hearing now where we've got the joint practices under our belts? We've got the second preseason game coming up. What are some of the things that are standing out to you from uh, the people you talk to? Well, I appreciate your flexibility. I was there yesterday for the second day of joint practice with the 49ers. Thus was unavailable on a very you know, specific reckless speculation Thursday, right? But I appreciate your flexibility that we can do a reckless speculation Thursday here on a Friday. So TGIF to you, to everybody listening, to everybody watching. Chris Reed will be back next week, elbow injury. He held court with a few of us post-practice yesterday. He was on the field for a while, just schmoozing with, with some family, with some friends. It was a who's who at training camp on Thursday. So that's one thing to keep an eye on. 
Judd, I think you would piggyback on this. I mean, it's clear as day now, especially with Jesse Davis sitting out another day yesterday. That Ed Ingram, like they drafted Ed Ingram. I've said this from the get-go. They drafted Ed Ingram to be the starter. It was always a matter of when. Well, signs right now point to that when being September 11th. Now, if I had been asked two weeks ago who would be starting at right guard on September 11th, I would not have said Ed Ingram. But the way it has transpired, the way it has played out, that is where it is heading. Now, if he fails miserably tomorrow against the 49ers in the final preseason game, maybe let's have a different conversation then. But as we sit here on August 19th, I'm telling you, it looks like Ed Ingram is the starting right guard. I agree, yeah. And he has been good. And Davis, I think I think Davis's problem actually starts with this, durability. Because he he has been given at least I think uh, two two veterans days off, and then he was off yesterday. I can't imagine that they would give you a day of rest in a joint practice. So clearly something is tweaked there. And so if if Ingram has indeed expedited the process, which it, it appears to his credit he has, that's not a bad thing. And if you now look, and I'm still not a Bradbury fan, but if you now look across that line, it goes first round pick, second round pick, first round pick, second round pick, second round pick. Like this is what we have longed for. You know, quit bringing in uh, Davises and Chris Reeds. Quit with that. Bring in, you know, draft guys and put a priority there. And the opening day line very well, Doogie, could show that they have, between Spielman and now Quasi, put a priority on the offensive line. Well, they have. I mean, I would argue that Rick put a pretty big priority on it, just didn't always hit on those picks. Heck, even a Wyatt Davis, right? Like, I'm reminded watching the third-team offense yesterday. Wyatt Davis is still running with the third team. Like, I just don't see a scenario where a third-round pick from a year ago who, heck, if we go back multiple years, was viewed as higher than a third-round pick at Ohio State. Like, I don't see how Wyatt Davis makes the 53-man roster. Not that I'm going out on a limb suggesting that. So, I mean, I would argue, Judd, that Rick put a priority on the offensive line, just didn't always pick the right guys. But to me, he hit on Brian O'Neill, right? Like, I think he hit pretty good on Ezra Cleveland. Although, I'll continue yes. to tell you, Judd, Ezra, really deep down, I don't think he would ever go on the record with this, but I'm just telling you, he sees himself as a tackle, not a guard. Team player... That- He'll but keep Garrett's his mouth better. shut. But yeah, that, that ain't going to happen on this team, barring injury. Correct, That's it's not happening. So, I mean, he's he's the left guard. Then on Darisaw, now, heck, Nick Bosa can make a lot of people look silly. We did capture some video of those one-on-one drills. Bosa against Darisaw. From my eyes, it looked like Bosa had his way with Darisaw, but we've heard so many good things about Darisaw. Heck, Trent Williams was gushing about Darisaw. They've developed a bit of a relationship more so not necessarily in person. I think they want to carry that into person next off season. But I was talking to somebody that's close to Darisol. They were telling me that, that Christian and Trent have, have at least whether it's texted, FaceTimed, they've developed a, a little bit of a, of a relationship and, and Trent held court with uh, some media yesterday, just gushing about what he knows about Darisol, the, the future that Darisaw has. We've heard that comp, right? Like multiple people out there on background have suggested Christian Darisaw is showing shades of of Trent Williams. I'm not quite ready to to go that far, but it certainly looks like Darisaw has a chance to be really good. And I think about where he was a year ago after undergoing a second core muscle surgery, mm-hmm. ends up missing a good portion of training camp, a decent portion of the regular season. 
Like, remember, Rashad Hill. Remember that opening game at Cincinnati? Rashad Hill was the starting left tackle. So just think about the, you know, the overall shape of the offensive line today compared to this time last year. So certainly they, they are ahead of the game. But overall, like, I'm still not even quite sure this is a top 10 to top 15 offensive line. So there's still a ways to go. I still worry about Kenny Clark, Green Bay, week one. Still worry about Jordan Davis, Philadelphia. Week two, I thought San Francisco's D-line, which is really, really good, had its its moments, maybe more so than the Vikings offensive line, had its good moments the last two days. I thought the 49ers defensive line did a did a really nice job. Uh, so I th- still think the offensive line has, has a ways to go, uh, but I think it's in much better shape today compared to a year ago. But that's going to happen, right? It's like, I think... We're, we get so fixated, not not us here. I think just like fans and and other media that well the the offensive line needs to be closer to perfect, and that's the goal is to make it better than it was last year and the year before. But when you face defensive fronts like San Francisco, I don't care if you have the best offensive line. I mean, the Packers have had good offensive lines that have struggled against those defensive fronts over the years. There's even if you have a great offensive line, that defensive front and then any sort of blitz packages they can mix in are they're gonna they're going to fluster what you're trying to do 20 to 25% of the time. And so how can you still make it work offensively when conditions aren't perfect and when you're getting punched in the mouth against a defense like that? And ideally, Kevin O'Connell's scheme and getting the ball out quickly and yards after the catch are going to help uh, alleviate some of that, even if the offensive line gets overwhelmed, right? Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I think you're going to see Kirk Cousins get rid of the ball a little bit faster than we have in years past. Yes, Scheme has a lot to do with that. Trust me, Kevin O'Connell is well aware that he needs to mask some of the offensive line's issues. So, yeah, I mean, everything you just laid out, Phil, is is spot on. I love Fred Warner. Just watching Fred Warner, the 49ers linebacker, up close, what a stud. I mean, you think about the landscape of the NFC. Now, maybe the Niners end up winning the NFC West. But if it's the Rams and you start looking at the playoff picture, who are the seven teams? Like, to me, the team that's in town right now, the team that was at TCO the last two days, the team that will be at U.S. Bank Stadium tomorrow, that is a playoff team. Even with Trey Lance, some question marks there. Like, the Niners, to me, are really, really good. So you start trying to figure out pecking order-wise, okay, where do the Vikings slide in? Can they win the North? Or is that Green Bay? So if the Vikings are a wildcard team, you think about where they slot in. Like, I just I don't think they slot in above San Francisco based on what I've seen. So let's t- talk about um, the good. And, Duke, you, you saw enough practices, I think, to draw the same conclusion that I have, which is your top re- three receivers are absolutely outstanding. And I've been trying to explain to Phil and Dex um, what watching Justin Jefferson, who already was a special player, so he he was a star. Um, I feel like this camp, though he's transcended that, but like the way I put it on PD today was, this is as close to Mossonian as I've seen the Vikings have a player, and that includes Diggs, who I liked a lot. But when you watch Jefferson in these practices against uh, San Fran or, heck, against his own team, his attention to detail and the plays that he makes look simple that aren't, uh, I'd be hard-pressed to say I, I've seen this in a training camp since Moss. I mean, it was laughable watching some of those 49ers DBs in those one-on-one drills. At one point, a Niners DB got a hand in a ball and knocked it away. Jefferson didn't catch it. Yep. Although, Jefferson was being held. Like, we have the video at Channel 5. There wasn't an official right there, so no flag was officially thrown. But, like, it was clear as day that the Niners DB was 
was holding the back of his jersey. Like, you can't guard him one-on-one. He is that good. I know he's on record saying Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the game. I just wonder if we have a different conversation about the best receiver in the game six months from now, if Justin Jefferson is, at that point, the number one receiver in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, we should go no further here. Uh, we must wish a happy birthday. You like that? You like that? Happy 34th birthday. Where's the F-bomb? The, so the, yeah, we need, we need the updated Where's version Where's the of audio of, of the F-bomb from Wednesday? Like yeah, No one hell? has it. We can bleep it out, but we need to get that. Somebody has to have it, Judd. Somebody has it. Well, get the your Vikings hands up. Yeah, the boom mic probably picked it up. But happy birthday to the 14th best quarterback in the world out of <laughs> oh, 8 billion po- eight billion population. Well, He's you the know 14th what? best quarterback in the world. Such a sideways shot right well, there. How is that at a my shot? guy? A guy who I if look I, exactly like, according to some If people. I said to you, okay, Judd, there are Wait, 8 what? billion people in the world. You are the 14th best at something. Wouldn't you feel proud? Wouldn't that be a compliment? Happy birthday, Kirk. <laughs> Don, Mom, I'm proud of you. You raised a great son. Okay. That's that's where I'm going to leave it. So what are you guys observing at practice here so far? Let's start with Doogie here. What are you observing? What are you hearing? You know, we're now, we're kind of past the initial bulk of training camp and the off-season workouts, and the season is three weeks away. How is he integrating with the new system, with the coaching staff, as a leader, all the things that we have a microscope on? I think pretty darn well. He's in a really good spot. He really, really loves Kevin O'Connell. There's a genuine connection there. Now, has he taken some chances, maybe more so than other training camps? Maybe. You know, I don't know if... Did you ask Kevin, was it on mic, off mic, about the interceptions that Kirk has thrown this camp? It certainly seems like more than in years past. He said, I think, I'm paraphrasing slightly, but he's not even quite sure the number of interceptions. I don't know if he was telling us the truth or not, but what did he he say? He, He then said... When he, he got done on Mike, he said, I know all the stats. Yeah. Okay. So he, so he right. knows yeah. the so, picks yeah. and the touchdowns. Yeah. So he knows. And I can They're promise you the, the picks are at a, at a bigger number than in years past. But, like, we've always wanted Kirk to take some chances, right? Especially with what we just said about Justin Jefferson. We can say yes. it about Adam Thielen. We can say it about K.J. Osborne. A 50-50 ball is not necessarily a bad thing at times, right? Like, these mm-hmm. receivers can go up and get the ball. So take some more chances. I still wonder, four-minute drill, two-minute drill. It's 24-20 Packers. Vikings ball, under three minutes to go. Is Cousins willing to take a risk on a throw? That's what I wait and see, right? Like, will I see it? I don't even know, right? Like, those are the things I think about. But in terms of the team rallying around him, you know, we've heard some stuff in the past, right? I haven't necessarily heard any of that chatter this camp or even going back to OTAs and minicamp. I mean, I really think the guys feel like, hey, he gives us a pretty darn good chance to win. Let's go do it. I mean, I can also tell you from conversations this camp with Eric Kendrick, some other defenders, like they take responsibility for the last couple of years, right? Like it's not all on the offense when the defense is finishing bottom five. You know, there's different ways to to categorize it, but, mm-hmm. you know, the defense struggled mightily the last couple of years, but I also realized the Vikings had the most three and outs last year, right? So it goes both ways, right? You know, I, I want to throw this out, Like, too. I'm just telling you, my sense, Phil, to, to answer your, your inquiry is that, that the team is is really enjoying everything about Kirk right now in spite of him missing the, the recent stretch here with, with the COVID battle. 
there's a there's a small handful of quarterbacks in the let's call it the, the quarterback era of the last 25 years or so, 25 30 years. There's a small handful that are just on a totally different level when it comes to maximizing their their upside and their production with almost no risk. Meaning Aaron Rodgers will throw 40 touchdowns with six interceptions. He's on a different level. Peyton Manning would do the same thing. And Tom Brady has had a lot of those seasons where it's just like you're getting all this Hall of Fame upside and they're just not making a lot of mistakes. So let's take the small handful of quarterbacks on that top, top Hall of Fame tier out of the conversation. Then you get to the next tier of guys, and some of these are Hall of Famers too, if not all of them, but Super Bowl champion caliber quarterbacks, Brett Favre, Drew Brees, uh, Matthew Stafford last year, Eli Manning at times. There's a there's a layer of quarterbacks that are Super Bowl caliber. They've played at MVP levels or close, and they throw a lot of interceptions sometimes. And I think there's almost become this, with Kirk, this fear of throwing an interception in some cases, and he becomes a little bit more obsessed with avoiding the big mistake. Now, playing that way has led him to a pretty successful life and career to this point. It's helped to maximize his earnings and his statistics. But I think you know when we look at what are the things that are missing from his numbers and team success, and some of it's defense and maybe some coaching and whatnot, but willingness to, to block off certain chunks of games. The one you just laid out is perfect. You're down by four. There's three minutes to go. An interception no longer matters. You need you need to be throttling down for, for whatever the peak upside of your offense is right now. And so there, there just has to be points in games and seasons where, you know what, doesn't really matter if I throw an interception right now or in this game or in this current situation. And, uh, and hopefully Kevin O'Connell can help him sort of, you know, create some separation there. And th- this is where coaching, though, b- becomes, and schematics become incredibly important because O'Connell has talked about this. And what O'Connell has said, and he's, he's right, and the question is, can Kirk uh, can Kirk see this through, is when Kirk goes up to the line of scrimmage, the pre-snap motion will give him the answer to exactly what the defense is going to do. So, like, I think we think of, of late games as, like, broken plays, right? Like digs. Oh, my God, he's open. Throw the ball to digs. But the reality is that's not the goal. The goal is to is to have Justin Jefferson on a route where it doesn't matter if Kirk is about to be hit. You know that Jefferson's going to be where he's supposed to be, and you throw that that ball. And that's the thing is, is I think we get too hung up on how the play unfolds. What O'Connell is trying to tell us is don't do that. Get hung up on the pre-snap motions, which tell you exactly what's going to happen. And so now the question is, in that late-game scenario, can Kirk take the pressure, stop the pressure, and say, okay, Justin Jefferson's going to be at the 25. I know that. Darisaw blows his block, right? So he's about to be hit. you got to throw that ball. And it's not a broken play. It's a play that was planned. And that's what O'Connell believes Kirk can do. And that is the most important thing. Because Kirk does not like to, and he's not great at improvising. What O'Connell's trying to do is take most of the improvisation out and allow Kirk to know the answers to the test before the ball is snapped. That's what makes it so intriguing. Well, I mean, at 34 years old now, he should be able to diagnose pre-snap what is about to take place from a defensive standpoint, right? So, and I would argue he should have been able to do that at 33, 32, 31, but, like, you cited the, the Minneapolis miracle. Like, I wondered, does Cousins make that throw? If Cousins is in that position now with 15 <laughs> seconds left, Gosh, I hope he would just at least chuck it up and see. But, like, does he make that throw? 
Right? That's what I wonder, right? When it comes down to it, is he willing to pull the trigger? And we won't see it this preseason, right? I mean, he's not going to play. Not that it matters in the preseason, but we won't see it until September 11th. That's what I'll be most curious about. But, yeah, I mean, Judd, you just you painted a brilliant picture of what O'Connell is hoping to accomplish. Uh, we're going to get to some other scoops, non-Vikings related here in just a moment. But let's shut out the official dog food of Mackie and Judd, and more specifically of Stella Zolgad and Maya Mackie here. It is Nutrisource. Dog food. Nutrisource is a third generation family owned company operating out of Pura, Minnesota. And we're all about, both with the humans and the dogs on this show, digestion and gut health. Yes. And uh, with their good for life system, Judd Nutrisource helps keep our dogs regular. It's great. That's, r- that's right. And, and guess what? It brings dogs together. You saw Stella, her friend Ryder, Maya right there. This look, there is nothing better than seeing your dog excited. Oh. Who's and happy, girl? right? Who's, who's, a good good girl? Girl? who's a good girl? Who's a good girl? Who's a good boy? Who wants a treat? Who wants a treat? Ears perk up. That is what our friends from Nutrisource bring. <laughs> Go to NutrisourcePetFoods.com to find a retailer near you. NutrisourcePetFoods.com. And if you could send us pictures on social media of your dog enjoying Nutrisource, uh, that'd be great, too. The official dog food of Maggie and Judd. All right, Dukes. Uh, reckless speculation Thursday on a Friday here. Reckless speculation. What else you got in the scoop bag? Well, on the Twins front, Tyler Malley, the MRI, okay, no structural damage with the shoulder, but he was shut down in July with shoulder fatigue. Do not be surprised if he ends up missing a start. As of now, he's scheduled to start next Tuesday. So after this Texas series, this is a four-gamer that carries through Monday. I don't necessarily foresee a scenario where where Malley is, is starting next week, but they think that he'll be okay after that. Now, I'm heading over there this afternoon. I'm connecting with Derek Falvey for an interview at 4 o'clock, so I may get some more insight in my conversation with Derek then. But somebody close to Tyler suggested that, that don't be surprised if if with the fatigue that that they push back his next start. Hey, dude, um, your colleague Joe Schmidt had a very interesting response to a question from Sonny Gray the day after he pitched. Uh, And I'm curious your thoughts. Uh, it sounds like Joe asked a question of just, you know, a general question. So he was not trying to inflame. But Sonny took the opportunity to talk about being pulled. I thought I'd go deep, deeper into games. Some really intriguing. And they weren't Devin Smelter. Like, like Smelter's complained, but he's Devin. Uh, Gray is a top-of-the-rotation guy. What was your interpretation of the fact that uh, that he took that opportunity on camera to, as far as I could tell, vent a little bit about how he's being used and probably more importantly when he's being taken out of games. Yeah, well, it certainly starts with having a good relationship. So Joe formed that relationship with Sonny going back to spring training, right? And it's not like Joe has maintained that relationship. So he was even surprised when Sonny referred to him as Joe at the end of that on-camera conversation. It took place Monday, so the day before Mm. Sonny Gray's start when Joe was, was in the clubhouse. I just happened to put it on social media that day, Tuesday, you know, tying it into to his start against the Royals, seeing if maybe he would go seven or even more innings. Would he approach 100 pitches for the first time in a start this year? He's come close, but he hasn't exceeded 100 pitches. So it was pretty much, it was a question about, hey, you told me down in Fort Myers going back to, to March that, that you really uh, liked this situation, you know, what you foresaw in March as it played out to your liking. That's when Sonny turned the corner and said, you know, I thought I'd go longer in games right now. The comeback Judd is 
if you look at the numbers, the numbers suggest that Sonny Gray should not be facing lineups a third time. Well, the numbers year, are not. His career numbers are are fine. Correct. Oh, this career numbers are plenty a, fine. Kind this of a train wreck third time. Yeah. This year, the numbers are, yeah, I mean, to put it mildly, yeah, a bit of a train wreck. But, yeah, I mean, going back to 2019, 2020, weird year, 2021, I guess if you want to look at 21 to some extent. But if you go back to 2019, I mean, he had 13 starts, Phil, where he threw 100 more pitches. Third time through the lineup, I'm pretty sure. I don't have the numbers exactly in front of me. But there was a reason why he was throwing that many pitches in 19. I mean, you think about Gray, who's a free agent after the 23 season. So after next season, I would think maybe you'd have some interest in extending him this winter or before spring training next February. Well, is he interested in such a scenario? The way that, you know, I read those comments was, yeah, not necessarily. Now, if they (laughs) want to blow him away money-wise, but I don't think the Twins are doing that anytime soon. So just not sure the marriage has played out quite like Sonny Gray had hoped. I mean, I thought it was pretty revealing that he turned that corner and said, I hope to have gone longer in games, that that he has been frustrated being taken out when he has been taken out. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, anything, it's pretty quiet on the Timberwolves front as we go into, I think, next month training camp and everything. The schedule came out. But anything on the Timberwolves front you're hearing? Well, sure. Yeah, I mean, heck, training camp is, yeah, about five, six weeks away. I mean, they'll ramp it up before... The month of September is over, late September. Oh, new, new play-by-play play yeah. play guy, Michael Grady. I've heard great things from around I've the industry I've heard the same thing as him. well. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm not quite sure this was, you know, the top target. Let me put it that way. Like, they aimed a bit higher, but hey, uh, he's called some games for the Yes Network in New York City. Like, the resume is is plenty good, right? So, I'm just telling you, though, like, my sense is they were aiming a bit higher, like, I don't think from the get-go this was this was the 1A choice, but that's okay. I like you. I, I've heard I've heard good things. So, yeah, congratulations to, to Michael Grady. Chris Finch, others with the coaching staff, the front office, making the rounds this month. Finch was, was on the road bonding with D'Lo, bonding with Anthony Edwards. I know Steve Sr. from the front office was out west bonding with Jalen Noel recently. So it's that time of the summer where guys are – are in the gym with their personal trainers and the Wolves are just checking in on guys. They'll reconvene at some point, you know, after Labor Day, get some more workouts in here. Some guys have been in town here too. I mean, Jordan McLaughlin was recently in town for some workouts. Some other guys, CJ Ellaby, the guy that I told you I thought they stole on a on an Exhibit 10 contract. He's been in town working out. So, you know, enough guys are over at Mayo Clinic Square doing some stuff. Some other gyms here in town. Some guys have played over in that Twin Cities Pro-Am League that that is now wrapped up, but Nate Knight, Josh Minot, you had Wendell Moore Jr. over there doing some stuff. You know, so guys are are getting their run. But yeah, I mean, relatively quiet, Phil. They'll sign a couple more bodies here before, you know, training camp starts there in late September to exhibit 10 type deals. But the roster is pretty much in place. They have all their guaranteed contracts in place. They can tinker with that to some extent because not every guy is on a full guarantee. Like Austin Rivers isn't fully guaranteed. Nate Knight is not fully guaranteed. Heck, Jalen Noel is not fully guaranteed. So if a guy like C.J. Ellaby or Pascal, who they got in a two-way, you know, to me, like, steal on a two-way, like, if one of those guys shines in training camp in the preseason, they could always do something. But, like, my sense is the 15 guys right now with at least a partial guarantee with standard NBA contracts, like, I think those are the 15 
on the roster opening night, October 19th, against Chet Holmgren in Oklahoma City. 16 nationally televised games, too. And I, I looked this up. So a year ago, when that schedule came out, and I think it got adjusted around, uh, it was four games. And that includes NBA TV games. Uh, so we've gone from four to 16. And I, I would say if things go as planned, we're probably going to push about 20 total, right? Because th- they'll add games. They will add and games. And drop games. So yeah. now, that could be impressive. That first Jimmy Butler year, the number was bigger than 16. So 16 is good. Yeah. I might have even guessed more when including NBA TV because we can have a debate about NBA TV, how many people really have NBA you. TV. You consider right. NBA TV nationally televised. We can have that debate. But if we're including NBA TV, I mean, the number was bigger than 16 that first Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler year. I care more about, because you're right, they're going to add some games. I care more about when looking at the schedule, how many back-to-backs. Okay, well, the Wolves have 14. That's tied for the most. Now there's like 10 other teams that have 14 back-to-backs. But there are some benefits to the schedule. You look at the beginning of the schedule, nine of the first 12 at home. Look at some of those opponents through the first 12 games. Like, they could easily start 10-2, and 11-1. And, and I expect hiccups. Like, it's not going to click right away with Rudy Gobert. But based on the schedule, those games against the Spurs and the Rockets and the Thunder, the Wolves should win a bunch of games early, get off to a really good start. Then when thinking about winning the division, figure it comes down to the Nuggets and the Wolves, right? And winning the division, maybe not that big of a deal, but just in terms of Western Conference playoff seating, I saw one of the Nuggets beat reporters note that of the four matchups, Wolves versus Nuggets, Denver has to play three of them on the second of a back-to-back. The Wolves in those four games against Denver, none are on the second game of a back-to-back. So when thinking about specifically Wolves-Nuggets matchups, the Wolves benefit greatly. Interesting. Uh, One more local media-related scoop. I just want to address this real quick. I've received a flood of messages here. So Mm -hmm. uh, Mike Russo tweeting out from The Athletic, as many have gathered... We are expanding wild coverage because of how incredible this market is and the fans are here. One of the best hockey writers in the world will be joining me in Minnesota. Announcement coming soon. Um, I've, I've, I've seen all your messages. It is not the Hockey Whisperer. The Hockey Whisperer <laughs> will not be joining the Athletic. He remains committed to his Was he retirement. Off the beach? Uh, listen, the Hockey Whisperer. What's your phone call? He, it's the reception's tough in the Keys. It's very difficult. Oh. So could he come oh, he's hanging out with yeah. keys. Yeah. Oh, I got it. Yeah. yeah, he's hanging out with Judd's keys. That's right. So uh, I don't know who it is, but it's not. It's not going to be the hockey whisperer on this reckless speculation reckless Thursday on a Friday. All right, Dukes, great stuff, man. As always, thanks for coming. All right, in. boys, I'm off to go for a volleyball practice. They open up nice. one week from yeah. today. I Ooh, will dig. Word is they are not 100 percent healthy right this second, but. Maybe we'll oh. be healthy one week from today. So I'll go All right. I'll go sleuth down on campus right now. Roll the boat, Sky Imago Gophers. All right, we'll see you, Dukes. Uh, those scoops presented in part by Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated, been helping businesses for over 100 years, based in Owatonna, Minnesota. And uh, you can find out why they've been so highly trusted by so many businesses by just going to their website, federatedinsurance.com. You can... You can uh, find your local marketing rep and uh, start that relationship now and see how they can help you. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. All right, boys, there it is. Reckless Speculation Thursday on a Friday. And uh, another preseason game coming up this weekend. And also on the Mackie and Judd podcast feed, 
Action Movie Rewind continues this weekend with Too Fast, Too Furious as we make our way through the Fast franchise. Mm. 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 Injecto Cito, cuz. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring after two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability. Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.